Welcome to Naturally You Radio with your host, Leah Salmon, the Naturally You Coach. Leah is the best-selling author of six books, homeschooling mother of seven, natural health, well-being coach and speaker who wants to help you create a life that nourishes and fulfills you on all levels with advice on naturally healthy living, homeschooling, family, relationships and personal development. And here's your host, Leah Salmon. Hi and welcome to another episode of Naturally You Radio, helping you to create a nourished life. I'm your host, Leah Sam, and the Naturally You Coach. You can find me at thenaturallyyoucoach.com. And today we're talking vegan pregnancies. So I got a question um, over the email and it said, I've been vegan for seven years and have people asking me questions about my diet that I am able to answer. But last week I had a question I was unprepared for. And that is whether a vegan diet is safe during pregnancy. I know a nutritious diet is what is important, regardless of whether you're vegan or omnivore. However, I would like some information from someone who's actually experienced being vegan and pregnant. What were your experience? And what would you advise regarding maintaining a vegan diet during pregnancy? Kind regards. Thank you for sending in that question. Firstly, I always find it funny how no one asks you about your diet before you make a change for health reasons or when they know that you pay no attention to your diet or nutrition whatsoever. Like, no one will say anything to people, virtually no one will say anything or critique someone's diet when they are just eating anything they feel like. But when someone decides to go vegan or vegetarian or paleo or primal or organic or something like that, during pregnancy, people do tend to let their feelings be known, like, oh, is that safe? Are you going to be getting enough nutrients, etc., etc.? When the reality is, a lot of the junk food that's being passed off as natural food is is super nutrient deficient. And it, but because it's being promoted as something that's healthy, or it's kind of considered the standard diet, well, everyone eats it, no one really is concerned about it. But, you know, when people normally make these changes to become vegetarian or to become vegan, or either during pregnancy or, you know, as a result of becoming pregnant, or whenever they made the decision, it's normally been a decision that's been made from a space of wanting to make an improvement to themselves. However, I do understand that people find things that are un- uncommon to them um, scary. I fully understand that. I also understand that there are vegetarians and vegans out there who are not eating a vegetarian and vegan diet in a healthy way, and the results are that they are unwell and unhealthy. So I can also understand that some people are concerned that when you take on a vegetarian and vegan diet, you may not be getting the the right level of nutrients, um, because that is very, very possible. So we are going to address that, and there's one of the podcasts that I did that actually highlights some of the myths around being vegetarian and vegan, and how you can eat a vegetarian and vegan diet in the most healthy way possible, so you don't become the statistic of the unhealthy, kind of pasty, pale, um, gaunt-looking vegetarian and vegan that that is out there in the world, unfortunately. Because there's, as with anything, there's a right and a wrong way to do things, or there's a healthy way to do things and an unhealthy way to do things. So, um, you know, keeping things in balance and being mindful of what it is that you're doing is going to give you great results. Now, there are some basic, there are four basic kind of rules around being healthy while you're pregnant. Um, it's hydration, whole food nutrition, moderation, and consideration. Those are the four basic rules that all pregnant women um, will benefit from from adhering to during the time that they're carrying their baby. 
hydration is is pretty obvious it's making sure that you get in plenty of water now you as your body grows to accommodate your baby there's more pressure on your joints and your muscles which both need adequate levels of water to keep them supple and to keep them moving and growing and, and make sure they don't get stiff there's a lot of hormones that are being produced in your body to facilitate your you, your body being able to carry the baby and the baby growing those hormones um can create you know an additional waste products that also need to be taken out of your body so you need extra water to cleanse your body your baby is going to be swimming around in amniotic fluid which needs needs to be kept fresh so you need to make sure you're getting an adequate water supply to ensure that your baby's amniotic fluids are not you know recycled water from your already re recycled water going around in your body um morning sickness is also is um improved by making sure that you're drinking enough water. Now, this is really interesting because I know that when I suffer from morning sickness during my pregnancies, I've been pregnant seven times. My morning sickness always means that first thing in the morning, I find it really difficult to drink water. And if I do drink water, I normally end up throwing it up first thing in the morning. However, that's normally if I'm not hydrated in the first place. So what I find is that in the afternoon and evening, I find it much easier to drink water. I don't get those kind of queasy symptoms. So when I do remember to make sure I drink plenty of water in the afternoon and the evening, my morning sickness the next morning or my nausea, it's not always actually vomiting, it's, it's often nausea. My nausea is always significantly reduced if I stay, stay well hydrated enough. Now, if you are experiencing morning sickness and you are vomiting, then you're going to be losing water in that way. So you're going to need to make sure that you're hydrated as much as possible um, during the times when it's not difficult for you to drink. I know that every mother is different and there's some mothers who just really experience extreme nausea, but making sure you get in water as often as you possibly can will actually help that and in general make sure that your body is healthy. So that's hydration. Whole food nutrition. This is making sure that as much of the food that you eat during your pregnancy as possible is whole food, whole natural foods, not processed foods, foods that you've made from scratch. If everything that you eat is not going to be made of whole food or come from whole food, that's absolutely fine. Do the best you ab do the best you can with the situation that you're in and what you have. If there are some decisions, if there are some choices that you can make that are healthier than others, go ahead and make those changes. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's not like you have to make sure you throw out every single processed food in the cupboard, but just doing your best to ensure you take in as much of your nutrition from whole unprocessed natural foods as possible. That could include having a healthy breakfast, making sure your breakfast is made from scratch every day, including smoothies in your diet, maybe once or twice a day, making sure you have salad with each of your meals. However you can introduce natural, healthy, whole foods on a regular basis, go ahead and do that. So that's hydration, whole food nutrition, moderation. So aim not to overdo anything. Try not to overdo anything, including exercise, including um, even healthy foods can be eaten in excess. So maybe it's not going to be the best idea for you to eat exactly the same salad every single day for the entire duration of your pregnancy because you can become sensitive to things that you take in in too bigger um, portion. Um, too often on a regular basis for a long period of time. There are certain herbs you're not even meant to take for a long period of time on a regular basis. So everything needs to be taken in moderation. Water, drink abundantly. But even with water, you can even overdo it with water. So, you know, be mindful to be, to have things in moderation. 
when you have things in moderation, the other thing that it allows is it allows variation because variation is also important to make sure you're getting in enough of all the different nutrients to support the growth of your baby and your body carrying your baby as well. So when you can't have um, potatoes or rice every single day because you're becoming, you know, you want to have them in moderation, that will allow you to replace those potatoes and rice with other things, other root vegetables that have been baked, salads as opposed to, um, you know, rice and vegetables, different types of um, grains or, you know, different kind of raw food entrees, maybe to replace the um, cooked foods that you're going to be having entirely for one or two meals a week. So have things in moderation. The other important thing is consideration. Okay, so the moderation also goes with the unhealthier choices that you might make. So you may really be craving chocolate and you 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 don't know how to make your own chocolate, you don't have a recipe for it, you're you're exhausted from the pregnancy and you really just want chocolate. So you know, go ahead and get the healthiest chocolate that you can get. There's a lot of organic chocolates out there. There's chocolates that are not made with sugar out there. There's dairy-free chocolates out there. If you do get those chocolates, eat them in moderation as opposed to completely overdoing it and eating them every single day. So everything needs to be in moderation to allow variation and not to overdo anything during your pregnancy. The, the other thing is consideration. So be considerate of your instincts and your cravings. Very often when you're pregnant, even when you're menstruating, when you're on your period, we will crave different things, different types of food. And sometimes our cravings, sometimes they're purely emotional um, and or circumstantial. Other times, <laughs> I say circumstantial because there was one of my pregnancies where we still had a TV. Literally, every single Marks and Spencers advert that came on, whatever they were showing, I wanted to eat it. They had this amazing marketing campaign where they had like adverts and they would have the food on a black background and it'd be sitting on like a black plate and it'd be slowly turning around. And if it was like strawberries, it'd be like delicate droplets of water dropping off the strawberries. If it was one of those chocolate cakes where you cut it open and there's like the liquid chocolate inside, they would gently cut it open and the chocolate sauce would ooze out literally. Anything they showed, I would want it. I'd be like to my husband, oh babe, can I please get strawberries? They just show strawberries on TV. Oh, can I get chocolate cake? They just show chocolate cake on TV. So that's circumstantial cravings. <laughs> and probably, you know, probably comfort cravings as well. And emotional cravings. However, some of your cravings are going to be due to the fact that your body is actually lacking certain nutrients. So if your body is lacking fats, you may start craving really fatty foods. And those fatty foods may not necessarily be avocados or coconut oil or nuts and seeds. Those fatty foods might be the fattiest, oiliest, greasiest foods you remember. So like quarter pounder burgers and big chunky chips and those types of things and, and um, crisps and those types of things. And those cravings again, could be an indication that your body is lacking certain nutrients. So when you are craving those kind of fatty foods, try and include as many of the natural fats into your diet as possible at that time. And that could help to reduce your cravings for fatty foods. The same thing with sweet foods, because when you're pregnant, you, your body does typically need and use more sugars when you're pregnant. So, um, you know, and there's also the fact that it can be a very emotional time. So again, the emotional craving is the need for love and to give and receive love at that time. When you're, and it can often feel during pregnancy that your body is being, um, you know, you're you're having to give up a lot of yourself, and there's a lot of limitations on you due to the fact that you're carrying a baby. So, um, 
those can kind of trigger the sweet cravings to get that, give that love back to yourself in that way. However, it can also mean that you do actually need to get more natural sugars into your diet just to keep things going because that can be a craving of your body as opposed to a craving of your mind. So again, include more, you know, fruits or um, vegetables, like higher, slightly higher sugar vegetables, but again, whole food nutrition. So find them in the most natural sources as you possibly can. Then go easy on yourself. So be very considerate of yourself because it can be a difficult time being pregnant. And when you want to make changes during your pregnancy, it, again, it can be quite a toll and it can be more work than it would normally be. So definitely be easy on yourself. Go easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up or give yourself a hard time if there's things that you're slowing down being able to do during your pregnancy because being hard on yourself and being upset that you're not able to do things during your pregnancy, even if it's, I can't get out of bed because my morning sickness is not, is just, it's, it's knocked me out or I'm feeling super tired and I can't, you know, run up and down with the children the way that I normally do, or I haven't done the dishes. Oh my gosh, I'm a terrible mother and wife. Or, you know, you can really beat yourself up. And with, when you're not kind to yourself, be very considerate to be kind to yourself because when you aren't kind to yourself, those are going to create emotions, negative emotions that your will affect you and will affect your child as well. Obviously, definitely be mindful of your choices during pregnancy. So I was talking about being, you know, making sure things are in, in moderation and be mindful of the choices that you're making. Be aware that some of the choices that you're making are not maybe the best choices that you could be making. Don't beat yourself up about it, like I said, but maybe you need to seek some support from a professional, from a loved one, from a friend to kind of help you make decisions that are healthier to you. Um, if you're finding it difficult to kind of stick to certain choices that you've made for yourself. Right. Now, those are the four basic um, pieces of guidance around all people who are pregnant, all women who are going through pregnancy. Now, vegan pregnancies. The benefits of being vegan during your pregnancy is that you avoid cheap rubbish meat products. You avoid all the drugs that a lot of the animals get pumped in, pumped with um, if you don't solely eat chemical-free, organic, free-range, um, grass-fed meats and animal products. You avoid the red blood that's in the meat that can attract disagreeable energies to you. Um, and the, you know, the energy that's in the animal gets transferred to you through the blood of that animal. So you avoid all of that. You avoid the processed foods that meat is very often found in. So you're not going to be eating a lot of the, the kind of processed foods out there, like the burgers and sausages and a lot of the other foods that we don't even consider to be meat-filled products, but still have meat in them. Um, so you're going to be looking for all the foods that have got the vegan sign on them. So you're going to be avoiding all types of animal products. And a lot of those, some of the animal products are kind of the chemical preservatives and additives that are added to food. Um, so you're going to be avoiding all of those things when you are on a vegan diet. You're going to be avoiding the lactose in dairy that many people of color and many people in general are intolerant to. You're going to be avoiding the mucus that's produced by pasteurizing the milk and the different dairy products that are around that so many of us are filled with, which result in asthma and skin conditions and digestive disorders. You're going to be avoiding all of those things when you're on a vegan diet. And if you're eating a vegan diet, following those four basic steps, so you're going to be taking in whole food nutrition, 
you're going to be replacing a lot of those meat products with healthy, whole, natural fruit foods, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some grains, sprouts, seaweeds, those types of wonderful foods. The concerns that come with a vegan diet are, like I said at the beginning, are often sometimes the concerns that should actually go with all women who are pregnant. Um, and that is that sometimes the vegan or vegetarian diet can be lacking in certain fats, certain minerals, um, vitamins like B12 and protein. Those are the main considerations. Those are the main concerns about going on a vegan diet. So things, um, so the vitamin B12, um, there aren't many non-animal sources of B12, but a few of them are um, mushrooms, some seaweeds, and bee pollen. Now, you may be a vegan that doesn't eat any bee products, so you don't eat bee pollen or, or honey, so that's absolutely fine, but you may be able to find mushrooms and some seaweeds that contain vitamin B12. Now, a, a note on vitamin B12 is this. The studies that showed deficiencies in B12 levels were done on people who were eating meat. They used to, a lot of the research that was done on, you know, deficiencies in B12, they weren't done on people who were vegan and, ex and expressing um, the, the symptoms of a B12 deficiency. They were actually done on people who were eating a meat diet, eat, who had meat in their diet. So you can even eat meat and still be deficient in B12. The absorption of nutrients happens in the colon and, you know, various amounts are absorbed throughout the rest of the digestive tract but a lot of it a lot of the absorption of nutrients happens in the parts of the digestive system that really do need to get cleaned and cleansed and um and detoxed on a regular basis so that we're able to absorb nutrients because you can be taking the most expensive vitamin supplements that claim to be absorbed super well but if they have to if they enter into a system that's clogged up with backed up feces, they're not even going to be able to hit the, the cell membrane to be able to get absorbed into your body in the first place. If you don't produce, if you don't have enough digestive enzymes in your body, then a lot of your food won't be broken down, including a lot of the supplements that you take won't be broken down. And then they're going to pass through the whole digestive system and just simply get passed out as opposed to your body ever being able to absorb any of the nutrients of it. So whether you're eating a meat diet or whether you're a vegan, you can still be deficient in things like B12, for example. Iron. There are a lot of... Um, iron is definitely a consideration because if you're not eating, the iron that comes from animal sources is absorbed into the body a lot better than the iron that comes from vegan sources. However, I personally know that you can increase your iron levels whilst reducing, without eating meat, because I've done it. Um, I There are certain herbs, for example, there's herbs like yellow dock, nettle, oat straw, and especially during pregnancy, especially during the later stages of pregnancy, raspberry leaf, that can all contribute to raising your iron levels during pregnancy. Now, some people don't have a problem with iron, their iron levels at all whatsoever, but I actually have quite, according to this, um, 
you know, the charts that doctors use, my iron levels are typically quite low. So I've had to do quite a lot of research into naturally increasing my iron levels. So there's actually going to be another podcast in the future about how to naturally increase your iron levels. Um, and there's even products. One of my, um, my sister's husband has a product, uh, a natural herbal product that actually increases your um, iron levels naturally as well. So I might even get him on to talk to us about it or get some information from him about how he would recommend you increase your iron levels um, during pregnancy and during life in general. Because my iron levels were low since I was actually a teenager. It was way before I got pregnant. The other thing... Um, is fat. So a lot of people are concerned that you don't get enough natural fats while you're um, pregnant and on a vegan diet. So without taking in animal fats, you can get natural healthy fats from seaweeds like Irish moss and kelp and nori and these types of things, bladderwrack, um, from coconuts, coconut oil and, you know, desiccated coconut and coconut chunks and young Thai coconuts, coconut jelly, all those types of things. Palm oil, um, olive oil, nuts, seeds, algae, all of those types of things contain healthy levels of um, fats that you can take in during your pregnancy. If you're concerned about protein, not getting enough protein during your pregnancy, you can get protein from sprouts, nuts, seeds, green vegetables, and there's quite a few vegetables that are higher in protein than others. So things like sweet corn, asparagus, green beans, mushrooms, those types of things have got higher levels of protein than the than um, some of the other vegetables in them. Now again, be very aware that you can be deficient in all of these things on an omnivore diet as well. So basically all pregnant women do need to kind of be mindful that they're taking in as much nutrient-rich food as they possibly can and doing the best that they can. So not, again, don't beat yourself up over not having, you know, healthy raw foods at every single meal just do the best that you can to get in as many natural healthy whole foods as possible and if you really need to supplement absolutely go ahead and buy some supplements there's absolutely nothing wrong with that cleansing during your pregnancy to make sure that your the nutrients are being digested better is not the best time to do big long-term colon detoxes and cleansing but simply following the first step which is the hydration taking in as much water as you can and taking in the whole the natural whole foods will give your body the water that will help to cleanse your cleanse your system and it will give you the fiber that will help to cleanse your system as well and if you're taking in more healthy whole foods you're going to be reducing the amount of foods that are normally going to be causing the constipation and the backing up and the toxic build up in your body as well so everything kind of works hand in hand as with any mother Definitely be proactive in, um, you know, taking the steps necessary to take in healthy foods every day. And the concerns that, because you can be anxious as a pregnant mother because you can't see your baby. You need to go to the doctors and get a scan to be able to see what's going on. And for a good few months at the beginning, you can't even feel your baby. So as long as you're being proactive in making sure you're taking the steps to feed your body and therefore feed your baby and protect yourself and your baby as much as possible. The only real reason to be really concerned, anxieties are going to creep in regardless, but the only reason to be genuinely concerned is if you actually start getting negative symptoms during your vegan diet or any diet that you're on. 
So if your baby is, you know, you're way past five months or way past six months and you've already start to feel your baby move around on a regular basis, if there is a significant reduction in your baby's movements, that could be a cause for concern. If you have obviously experienced an illness, maybe you got really sick, you maybe got food poisoning, you might have got a really bad flu, and there was some reason where you were not able to eat as much, or you had really bad diarrhea, or you had really bad vomiting, that could possibly be a reason to be concerned that your baby may need a bit of attention. If there's been a stagnation in weight gain or fundal growth, so the fundal width, the, the fundal height is the basically the size of your tummy, and they measure it when you go and get checkups. So if there's been a significant like slowing down of your fundal growth, which shows that the baby's maybe not growing, and your weight, you're not gaining weight at a, a you know a slow but steady rate, that could also be a slight concern that the diet you're on is not giving you and your baby the the nutrients that it needs to grow at a regular rate. And any feedback that you get from the checkups that you go to with your midwife on a regular basis. So unless you've got a specific reason to be concerned, if you know that you're doing the, your best to feed yourself and your baby and you're getting an exercise and you're trying to be positive and you're doing deep breathing, you're doing all these wonderful things, then don't let other people push their concerns onto you if you know you're doing the best that you can do. Yeah, Pregnancy is a really personal journey is the other thing. Not all mums even want it to be interrupted by going and getting checks all the time and measuring bits and pieces and blood pressure and all these types of things. You can be very in tune with your baby. You can develop a very good connection with your baby. And many mothers tune in and trust that connection that they have with their baby. And they kind of innately know when something isn't going right. And, you know, again, they also kind of respond to the cravings or the desires that they have for different foods in order to respond to the signals that their baby and their body is giving out to them. Do what you feel is right and, and do it in an informed and responsible manner. And absolutely don't be forced into anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. So I, I do know of situations where the father of the child absolutely wants the mother to become vegetarian or vegan but it's not something that the mother wants to do being forced into something like that during a sensitive time like your pregnancy is not a healthy thing to do so if partners are out there or if there are other you know if you know people who are pregnant and you're out there be very considerate of the mother's feelings when you decide for them that they should be a vegetarian or a vegan if it's not what they want then you have to respect that. You have to respect, if they're doing, so obviously if they're doing something dangerous to their body, then that's a different situation. But if they have decided that they're gonna be healthy during their pregnancy, but they don't wanna take on a particular dogma, dogma of a diet, that's entirely up to them. But if you do decide to be a vegan um, and other people have got their negative opinions to give to you. Sometimes those negative opinions, sometimes when we get criticized for what it is that we're doing, it can actually be the the um, catalyst that makes us reevaluate what it is that we're doing to ensure that we're doing it in the best way possible. So, you know, even the doubting Thomas can be beneficial to us at times. So to go through those basic four fundamental things that every pregnant woman needs to be kind of wary of, again, because those are the most important things, whether you're vegan or you're not. And those basic four points are hydration, making sure you're getting in enough water, whole food nutrition, 
that's the other key thing. And again, I mentioned this in a previous podcast that I um, put out regarding the myths around the vegetarian and vegan diet. When you do become vegetarian or vegan, some vegans do have the tendency to rely too heavily on processed grains because there is this notion of as long as it doesn't have meat in it, then I'm going to be okay or that's fine. I'm vegan. All I need to do is avoid um, foods with meat in them. But there's a lot of foods that don't have meat and animal products in them, but they are not healthy whole foods at all. And you can become quite dependent and reliant on processed foods in the attempt to follow a healthy lifestyle. So whole food nutrition is important to make sure you're getting in plenty of healthy whole natural foods. Be considerate of yourself, of your cravings and what they could mean. Be kind to yourself and be mindful of your choices. So there's consideration and then moderation. Aim not to overdo anything even some of the natural healthy whole foods um, and certainly the foods that are maybe not best for you to take in at that time. So again, I'm soon going to be putting out a podcast on, um, sorry, there is a podcast that you can go back and listen to on the myths around a vegetarian vegan diet to get more information on that in general. I'm also going to be putting a podcast or an article out soon on a pregnancy tea and nourishing a recipe for a nourishing pregnancy tea that I found really helpful during my last pregnancy. And also I'm going to be talking in the future on how to naturally boost your iron levels, especially during your pregnancy. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Naturally You Radio. If you like this show, which I really hope you did, please like, share and follow the show and leave a comment below. You can find me over at thenaturallyyoucoach.com and on all the social networks, either at the Naturally You Coach, Natural You Coach, or if you just do a search for Leah Salmon. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a great day. Take care and stay healthy.